Good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Perfect. Hey everyone, Donovan Brown. I'm the Principal DevOps Manager for Microsoft. I have TQ with me today, and he's going to share with us how we do the versioning of the microservices in VSTS. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Donovan. Uh, like you said, my name is TQ. That's where everybody calls me. Tom Quinn is my real name. Okay. And uh, I'm one of the architects on VSTS, and among the things I do is, is uh, manage the REST APIs. Great, because I've, I've tell the story about how we make the transformation and how we do DevOps with VSTS, and the microservices always come up because they're versioned, we can deploy them in any order, how do they negotiate which other, like if I depend on you, and I know we can deploy in different orders, then there's obviously a version there that I need to communicate with, like wait, what version are you, can I communicate? And what we were hoping is that you'd be able to share how do we determine when it's time to deprecate, how do we publicly, if we do deprecate a version, say, hey, look, everybody, you got to get off this version by this particular date. And then at the technical level, how do the web services negotiate what version can I use of you? And then how often do they do that negotiation? Because if you eventually do get upgraded, then I want to start taking advantage of the latest version of the API. I'm curious of how all that st magic starts to happen. Sure, we can get into all of that. Perfect. Uh, where do we want to start? Uh, I think I want to start with, talk to me about the deprecation, or, or do we deprecate and how do we keep them in sync between TFS 2017 and we support 2018 and we have VSTS, it's all the same um, REST yeah, API, right? Yeah, it's all the same code base, it's all the same REST APIs. And uh, um, what we do is we each um, major version has a version that's the same across all the services. So I think we're on 4.0 right now and 4.1 is in preview. Okay. And um, so we have a preview version and the preview version, um, you have to specifically go to that one okay. to try it out. And um, while we're in preview, we let, we let the individual services actually um, change the resources and we have a, a special version on the end called the resource version that actually allows the, the resources to um, change things while we're working out the differences in preview. And, Interesting. And, and then uh, uh, once it goes to, once it's done, once it's released, then that becomes the official version and there's no more resource version anymore. Okay, so I, I've seen the 4.1 preview one. Right. So what but part of that is the resource version? That's the dot one at the end. So got you could have it. a dot two, a dot three, I've if seen you wanted that. to. I got you, and that's the resource that we're tweaking, and the first number is the number of? That's the full API version. Gotcha. And so all the APIs have that version. Right, and then what will happen is, is when 4.1 becomes an official version, all that preview stuff just goes away. And it's just 4.1. Gotcha. And we'll have 4.2-preview.1. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, for the next version. Yeah. So then when, but if obviously you, you don't go back and patch 2017, for example, which is still in support. But That's we're right. no, So the last update was, I think, update 4? Is that the last update for that one? Uh, yeah, I think so. Right, so whatever that version of the API is, is the version that will be for 2017 right. to the end of time. And then 2018 will get all the new updates after they've been proved out on VSTS. So That's we right. prove them out on VSTS, and then we put them down into an update inside of VSTS, I mean in TFS. Do any previews go to TFS as no, well? No, everything in TFS is released. Gotcha. So we basically do a new released version every time we release the on-prem product. All right, so, okay, got so it. 4.2 is the latest, or 4.1, 4.0, I guess, is the latest TFS. 
4.1 will be the next update, 4.2, the one after that. Gotcha. And that all coincides with what we've done inside of VSTS up until that point, yeah. the last three months. All right, great. So that's how... So do we actually deprecate the versions, or can I still access version 1.0 inside uh, of VSTS? 1.0 is still in there. Wow. And, uh, um, yeah, we, we basically don't remove anything until we're sure nobody's using it. Until you're sure. So we don't communicate, hey, everyone, you have till January We haven't done it yet. We've talked about it occasionally. Okay. Um, you know, what if we needed to do that? We haven't needed to do it yet. So we haven't done it. So we haven't needed to do it. I'm just, in my mind now, I'm thinking, how, how much technical debt are we carrying now that we have four versions of the same API in VSTS? Well, um, you know, once it's released, that code just basically sits there and we do the next version next to it, right? So, okay. Um, so it's, you know, there's a bunch of different endpoints sitting on the server and, and so we're going to hit them. And, but we, we can know by the telemetry that we take, you know, if anybody's actually using those, those endpoints. Gotcha. So, so um, w there are, have been cases where, you know, um, an API got old, nobody was using it anymore so we could get rid of it. But we've never, you know, had to let customers know, hey, we're going to kill this API, we know you're using it. Um, so we, we haven't had to do that yet. And, you know, We've talked about what we could do, but we haven't really done it yet. Um, there have been occasions, though, where, during preview where we've changed the resources because we're, we're iterating over them. And so there's been a couple cases where we, you know, changed something, a customer was still using the old version, and they, they uh, weren't necessarily side-by-side -side at that point. So we had to communicate with the customers that were using the preview versions. But fortunately, again, from telemetry, we can know who they are. And also, when you take on a preview version as a consumer, you kind of know, yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're kind of opting into the fact that that might change from underneath. It's called preview for a reason, right? Yeah. But once a API has been released, it never changes. That's correct. Right. right. That's it, right. That is a. We promise it will always be yeah, that we, way. We don't touch it. Yeah. Exactly. So it sounds interesting because you said you have these endpoints that are just sitting next to each other. For some reason, when I thought you were versioning it, in my mind, I saw something different. So basically, we cut 4.1. It has now been released. We want to do 4.2. Do you just copy that class and create another class, and this class stays static? It, it depends. Okay. It depends on how different it is. Okay. So I mean, if you know, like I said, we have different versions for each version. Now the same endpoint could act, we might not change it at all from version to version. So that same endpoint could support versions two, three, four, five, right? And so, um, you know that that didn't that didn't change at all. Also, you know if the changes are minor, like we've just added an additional field to the result, then we can inside that function we can look at it and say, no oh, it's yeah. 4.0. I'm not going to send this one back. Oh, it's 4.1. I am. Okay, I've kind of had that feeling with some resource with some release management. I've seen some other stuff show up, but I guess you could have handled it that but, way. But you know, between major versions, we could, you know, completely change sure. the shape of the thing, and so then we'll have uh, two controllers that sit side by side that, gotcha. that issue different things. Now, one thing that you mentioned that sounded that kind of caught my ear was maybe between these versions, nothing changed. Then why did the version change? Because uh, we keep the version the same across the whole service. So okay, because I've been looking. I thought Core was at. I thought Core was only. At, I've only seen Core like 2.0. I didn't know there was a Core 4.0. Like whenever I'm doing stuff with projects, like I use your REST API a lot, right? I wrote a PowerShell module that does nothing but encapsulate the REST API, and I actually have a version table in the PowerShell module where you can control what version you want me to call the API with, and even when I'm 
like playing out of the box, none of them were exactly the same, right? Um, I thought core was like at two, and then build was at four or something like that. But you're saying that it should be if there's a 4.0 for build, there's a 4.0 for core as well. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and it might be the same as 2.0 though. Gotcha. Okay, so you're versioning the service as a unit. Okay, that was not aware of that. I'm gonna go back and do some research on my own module because it, it would make my versioning so much simpler. So you're saying I should be able to say if you're using VSTS. The version for everything is 4.1, yeah, and that version is going to work across everything. Can I send you a REST API call with no version, and you default to the latest, or no? Um, yeah. So yes and no is the short <laughs> answer to that. So on on the uh, GET, we support not sending a version. Okay. So and we do that so you can play around with it in the in the browser and Fiddler or whatever. Right? Okay. And so if you don't set a version, we give you the latest released version. Okay. As opposed, so if 4.1 is in preview, you'll, you'll get 4.0. Okay, got it. And also, one of the things that I got taught recently, I think it was uh, Will Smythe, I was I was IMing him. I'm like, Will, how do I know what versions are out there? Right? He's like, yeah, you got to just use an options method. And is that the proper way? But I've also noticed that the options method, I have to call it sometimes multiple times because the user management has a different URL than release management has a different URL than like the core resources, right? So I had to end up calling options multiple times to get all of the versions underneath release management, which was a separate That's service. right, yeah. So the different services have have the different registrations for the service for the resources that they serve up. And the version potentially, right? Yeah. Ah, see that might be why I'm confused then, because I'm thinking release management, I'm pretty confident, was not at the same version as core. But everything in core, which would have been the root URL for your VSTS, will all be the same. Release management will all be the same, and then user management will all be the same. But they might not all be 4.0. Is that correct? Um, well, the, they all should be uh, get I to see. the same version. But they, as you said, we might release them separate in different, gotcha. different points. So they, they might be on different versions for a point in time. And I think but eventually we'll get everybody on the same version. Got it. Okay. And then the other thing that I thought was so. So the answer to the first question is like, how do we deprecate? We haven't, right? Yeah. Uh, and blankly, we have deleted some some um, API versions, but we were able to do that because we have so much telemetry. Let us know that no one has called version 1.0 in a year. Or, right. And is there a threshold that you look at to see has anyone accessed it in X amount of time um, before you feel safe deleting it? Yeah, usually, uh, well, our telemetry goes back like 60 days by oh, default. Okay. We have, you know. Um, warehouses that hold it longer than that sure. too, of course. But um, we just usually look at that. And so, if no one's touched it in the last six, so but so it's not like we go in looking for it. You know, there'll, there'll be will um, somebody will say, hey, you know, I have this this old API. I don't want to support it anymore. Can we get rid of it? Gotcha. And then then we'll go do that resource and see if we can. And and if. If people are still using it, we say no. You can't. You can't delete it. People are still using it. All right, got it. So if I have a tool that I want to keep using, I just need to have like a, a scheduled job every night. Go and call that API. <laughs> so it shows up in your telemetry. That's right. You that can would never work. delete. <laughs> so you can never delete my API. All right. That would do it. That's interesting. Okay, that's good to know too, because because that's one thing that people really were were asking me a lot, and I honestly didn't know the answer. So I, that's why I'm so glad that you're here because. When I start talking about our transformation and I start talking about our web services, people's ears pop up, right? They're like, ooh, microservices, we want to do that too. Tell us what you've learned. Tell us how you're doing that. And that's why I wanted to have you come here. And versioning is something that people are really concerned with. 
And it's interesting to know that our telemetry is our signal on if it's safe to delete a version or not. We don't go and communicate. We don't go and give deadlines or ultimatums. We simply say, we're going to support this version until in the last 60 days, in our case, no one's touched that, and then we're just going to pull it. Have you, has, has there been a scenario where in the last 60 days no one had used it, you pulled it, and then like next week someone tried to hit it? That hasn't happened, fortunately. Oh, not going to <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and talk to me about how was this transformation into this microservices world? Because TFS originally was a monolith. That's right. Yeah. And then we lifted and shifted it to the cloud. It went horribly bad. And then we started teasing stuff apart. And is, right. that, is that the process that we're in now, is just taking the monolith and tearing it down? That's right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still tearing pieces off. Sure, of absolutely. Because I think like release management was one of the first external services, right? Yeah, and that one, fortunately, came in as a separate service. Right. So we, we, we started that one out as separate. What about package management? Same with them. They, right. They, they started new, so we started them out separately. And then same thing with user management, I think also looks like it's completely separate already too, right? Uh, Anything yeah. that has its own subdomain right. of visualstudio.com is its own microservice. That's right. So why why that schema, right? Why, did, why VSRM? dot visualstudio.com and I forgot what the other one is for like user management. Why not have them all underneath the same visualstudio.com WAC, something like release WAC user management? Why putting a subdomain instead? Um, well, so we can we can actually uh, find them. <laughs> oh, so uh, versus having to put them all underneath um, just visualstudio.com would make deploying them more difficult or. What do you mean by yeah, finding them? Well, I mean, the, the, each one of them ha is a different deployment. It's in a different, you Got know, uh, service in, in the cloud. Got right. it. So they are, be, when they have their own subdomain like that, they are deployed independently of yeah. everything else, can be versioned independently of everything else. Yeah. Okay, got it. And it's the options method that allows release management to know what version of core is available to it yeah. and core to know what version of user management is available to it because they're going to call options on each other and then see that list of... That's right. Okay, so one question that I have about that. So when I was introduced to the options command, I started running it, right? And like again, the PowerShell module that I ran, that I wrote, you can actually call it and it'll list out this blob of JSON showing you yep. every version. But the versions don't have any previews on them. That's right. So how do I know what preview I'm even available well, to? Do, so let's, do you yeah, yeah, let's, let's go into some code here so that we can see what's going on here. Um, yeah, you're sick. Bring my uh, computer to back sleep. alive here. Perfect. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right, so we might need to zoom in a little bit if that's the JSON there. I actually have uh, one of the results of the options open here. Okay, that, can you read that? A uh, little small. I think it's control. Can we zoom in? Yeah, you can. I think it's control plus. Okay. Control plus. Which plus? On my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> on your keyboard. It's there it right is. there. Just click that. I think it should go up one more time. There you go. There you there go. There we go. All right. Let me get this out of the way. And so, um, basically, um, each one of these describes a resource. Right. Right. And um, the ID, which I'll, I'll show you what this is used for. Each one, each resource has its own GUID. Okay. Um, the area is the first segment after APIs, and then the resource name is the next segment after that. Um, and as you can see in the the template, they they show up in here. Yep. And then. In this one below here, there's the area, there's the resource, and then there's something else called subject descriptor. So that gets filled in by the caller. And what this route template does is, is tell the caller what, what it needs to fill in to call the API. 
How would I know on the one that you have selected now what in the heck a subject descriptor is? Well, you wouldn't necessarily, all right. in, unless it's, you're reading the documentation. But we have um, clients that get generated for all these, and the clients know how to fill those things in. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because I use your API raw like this. So when I want to go implement something else, I basically am calling this, going back to the docs, and figuring out how can I wrap it in PowerShell to go make it easier for us to use who don't want to just go to Fiddler and, and, and Postman and stuff like that. And sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't know what the hell that thing is, and then I actually go to the docs, and yeah, that's where I get it. Exactly. Off. Okay, got it. And then, um, then we have the versions down here, right? And so uh, there's a min version, a max version, and a release version, but that one says 0, 0.0, so that doesn't really help at all. No, and, <laughs> I, and I've seen that uh, several times, and also the fact that it seems, unless, oh, okay, so I'm assuming that this resource didn't exist until 3.2. That's right. Right, that's why there's no 1.0 here, is because in 3.2 we introduced this new API. And now, resource version 1 is the resource version of the preview, which is 4.1, so I guess... Oh, so whenever I see 4.1 preview 1, it's that the one that I the the number I get after the preview is the resource version. That's right. Ah, ah, okay. Now, um, how but do is that only for the is that only for the max version or can I have min version three point two preview one? No, you can't. It's only for the max version. Like okay. I said, once it's released, it's done and it's just got it. Okay, got it. So three dot anything between three point two and four point oh is just no preview on it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, let's okay. See if I can find one. Yeah, That's so th not a not a one. This right. one has release version 4.0, and then max version 4.1. So you can tell from this one at least that that the 4.0 is is the official version. Yes. And 4.1 is max, so it's greater than that. Right. And so, uh, can I also assume for this that there's actually a one, two, and a th and a three? Yes. I can assume that. Okay. Right. So th there will be a major version. It would, there would never be a scenario where there's a one and then I jump to three. That's right. Okay, got it. And then what I would be able to run as what I'm looking at now is a 4.1 preview 1 on that, that resource that we just talked right. about. And yeah. then one above it, I could run a 4.1 preview 3. Yes. Now, is preview 1 and 2 also available to me? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what's funny is I've actually, when I was playing with this, and I, when I first tried this, I went and I said, okay, cool, the version max version is 4.1. And then when I went and ran the command, it says, you've got to tell me what preview you want. I'm like, but it doesn't say that. And, but now you've cleared that up for me. The preview comes from the resource version, yes. which I was completely unaware of, which is great. Okay. Yeah, and so um, by maybe, I mean, we may still have one, dot, one and two sitting around, or we may have gotten rid of them. And because they're preview, you're under no obligation to keep them around. Yeah, and we will check the telemetry, too, to make sure that people stopped using it. All right. Oh, okay, I got you. So that's a scenario, too, where, yeah. um, but you would never change the shape of four dot, like preview two. Once free preview two makes it, is preview two. Once I can hit it, it's preview two, and that's going to stay that way. And if you yeah. change it, it's going to become preview three. That's right. All right, got it. So I can be promised. Because I think I remember I had a, a chat with Brian Harry once, and he says, our contracts never change. Right? That was like a mandate. Right? Mm -hmm. The contract will never change. And that's what you're confirming for me now is that, yeah, the contract will never change. We might delete it <laughs> <laughs> if you're not using it frequently enough in the last 60 days, but it will not change. Yeah, this has been helpful. And believe me, Brian, Brian hears about it if we break something. I bet he does. Occasionally we do accidentally break something. Sure. We're human. And he'll hear about it, and if he hears about it, I hear about it. <laughs> so, have you ever had to put a version back or, or like restore? Something? Well, we've, I, we've had to fix things for sure. Gotcha. He, he's gotten um, 
you know, uh, emails from customers who said, hey, how come this a API works this way and this API works that way? Or these two types are confusing to me. Why are sure. they like that? And, sure. You know, I, I, I like to say, Brian gets an email, I get a work item. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Um, okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to nag for just one second. Sure. Right? So whenever I'm doing this type of work, what I've noticed is that if I want to write code for VSTS and I want to write code for TFS, TFS is not always at 4.1 preview one. So, but the documentation that I find in docs.microsoft.com is only the latest version. How am I supposed to go learn how to use the API that's in TFS 2017 and TFS previous of 2018 when the docs only show me the latest version of the API? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we need to work on that after yeah, the show. Yeah, we do. All right, we good, do. because that, that yeah, because uh, you're absolutely right. We should have, for any released version that's you know, of TFS, we should keep the documentation around. Yeah, because if it's I, not around, I don't know where it went. Exactly, because I write a tool that works on TFS 2017, 18, and VSTS, and it's a challenge for me uh, to be able to go and find out, well, hell, how do I get this to work in TFS 2017 and VSTS when all I can see is the API for VSTS? And calling that, first of all, the version doesn't even exist, right? So thank God the options was there, so I could at least know what version I could use for, for TFS 2017, but here I am in Postman and Fiddler now, and, and trying to figure out how I get this stuff to work correctly. So yeah, documentation that actually said, choose what version of TFS or VSTS you want, because we support one through four. Yeah. Right? I should be able to hit anything that you support. So that's yeah, right. th th let's work on that. I'll, I'll be more than happy to help with that, because yeah, definitely as a CDA team as well. All right, cool, so now we know how I can go and find out what is available, and I can find out the shape of the, of the URL, now, the template, and what versions. The, you mentioned that you Call this yourself. Now, the, this, I do. This API is not intended to be human readable, of course. Oh, for it, sure, for sure. It's it's there for us to to do the negotiation internally. Okay, so right. show us how that works. So um, the let me go back to let's see here. We'll go to this guy. So um, we generate these clients um, from the source, right? So if you have a, a REST API and then we have a new API called the Graph API for identities, um, and so. We generate the Graph API client from the source of the of the server. Okay. Right, and so um, it figures out, um, you know, what the what the APIs are and what to to put in there. And there's attributes on the on the uh, controller that dictate a lot of this stuff, right? Okay. So the this GUID here is is the resource version. It matches those GUIDs that we saw. Okay. In the file. Yep. Um, and then this is a, one of those parameters that gets filled in. It's a route value. Okay. Right, and um, and so uh, we we know the method, we know the GUID, we know the values, and so we just call this method, which is on the base class, and this is the kind of result that's going to get out okay. of it. Right. So Got it. all that can be generated, and here's your resource version too, four point one preview one. So all the all the clients have a version coded into them. Okay. So if you're using, if you get a NuGet package with our clients in it. It's always going to use that version. It's never going to get anything different than that. Gotcha. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I allowed people to do as well, is that I have, in the PowerShell module, there is a VSTS version table, and I have core broken out, our release manager broken out, and user management. And you can tell me, these are the versions, like literally down to the preview that I want you to use when you call that API. So I give them a little bit more flexibility than being forced to use whatever the client is, because I don't know what you want to do with this stuff, right? So I let them control that, but it also gets really tricky because they can then set that to an invalid value, right? They can yeah. set it to 5.0, 
and I'm just wanting to basically blow up and say, hey, Yeah, look. that's not going to work. Exactly, that's not going to work. For <laughs> so all this stuff then goes up through this common base class called VSHTTP client base. Okay. Um, and so the base class has all, all this common logic in it. And so um, you have this send async method that it called, and it passed in all that data, yep. as you can see. Um, and then that calls this create request message. So it uses that data to create the request message that it then just sends over the wire. Got it. Um, and that is here. Right, and so that calls this get resource location async. Right, so that's that's the thing we were talking about. That's the options request. So ah, okay. Um, I think that's here. Yeah, there we go. So um, let me scroll to it here. Yeah, so you can see the uh, what the HTTP method options, the yep. options URI. So it calls that. You get back that list of stuff. It, and it, it only calls it once. And it passes in the ID, right? Does it filter yeah. it? Okay, and then it. then it uses the try get location by ID, right? Got so it. it looks at, it has that big table, loads it into memory, then set into a big dictionary, and then it uses that, that to, GUID to find the thing. Yep, got it. Right, so then you get back an object that represents that location. Okay, and then you just use like normal. Yeah, it's called an API resource location. Got it. Right, and then. Um, and then it calls that create request message with that data, and that ends up calling this uh, negotiate version, right? So you have the location, you have the resource version, and then we we uh, negotiate what version to use. So what the logic for that is where to go? Uh, stupid scroll bar. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, so. Basically, th this is the um, the logic for that, right? So, if the location min version is greater than the the version you're asked for, then that's never going to work, right? Okay. What whatever the version you're asking for a version that that doesn't exist. Basically. Got it. Got it. Um, if the location max version is less than the version that you're asking for, then we have to negotiate down. Okay. So it finds the, the highest max version that's available for that guy. So if you ask for five, but four is the only one available, then you're going to get four. Got it. Um, and then, otherwise, we get you the one you want. So then, uh, then that's when the preview stuff comes into play, right? So, so Okay, so I can ask for five, even though it doesn't exist yet, and I'll get four. Right, but do I know I'm getting four? Do you give me any like, hey, Donovan, just FYI, you asked for five, but I'm going to give you four, or do I just get a response back? You just get a response back. Interesting. So yeah. if I was expecting more values to be in there, and this could be a scenario where I called VSTS, and then I turn around and use the same call to TFS, and that version five, because at some point version five will be in VSTS. That's right. And if I were to turn around and make that same call to TFS 2018 update two, then all of a sudden I'm going to get a 4.0 response back. And my That's code right. has to just know by the shape of the JSON that it gets that it didn't get a 5.0 response. For example, 5.0 has more. That's right. Data. So what happens then is we, we serialize the, uh, that data into the re requested object. And um, as long as, it, so JSON fortunately is, is very loosey-goosey Yeah, it's like very that. forgiving. And yeah. so, um, you know, it, does, it doesn't require things to be there necessarily. So as, sure. as, as long as, you know, we can fill in some of the properties, it's fine. And, right. and, and so you mentioned something about you serialize in 
the data. So is, is there somewhere in a header or something, the version that I actually got the response from? What did you mean by you serializing some of the No, the, the JSON is a, a blob of yeah, yeah. text, and then we just use a, a formatter, a piece of code, oh, okay, okay, that, okay. that turns that into the object. Got it. Okay, I was wondering if there was a way for, I asked for five, I'm getting response from four. Is there anything in my response that lets me know that it was a 4.0 response and not a 5.0 response? Is there anything in the headers or anywhere that I could go and say, what version did I actually get the response from? I don't think so. Okay. Off the top of my head. Okay. Um, it's possible, but I don't think so. All right, cool. Okay, because if so, I would I would like to add that to make sure I dump that information for people. But yeah. I don't think I do. Okay, I don't think you. I don't think I noticed anything in there. But yeah, so like I said, the uh, this a the API version is here. Then we've got the uh, it it looks and sees what the release version. If the release version is less than the API version, then it's preview. And so I realize now what that 0.0, .0 means in all those places. Okay. It means it's never been released. Got We've it. never had an official version of that API yet. Even though we're at 4.0. Yeah. Interesting. So how does how in the world does that happen? So it means it's always in, it hasn't been it hasn't been officially released yet. We haven't had it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I see. I, exactly. It's never been officially released, but you are updating its major version to match everyone else in That's the package right. that it's in. Got That's it. Got right. it. Got it. Got it. Because everything needs to have the same version. And, that, and that, that version across the board basically happens all at the same time. There's one guy will go into the tree, change the major version. Got then it. everybody gets it. Got it, got it, got it. Even if I haven't been released yet. And then what is that, how do I then flag myself as I am now officially released to where that number gets updated? Um, that's a good question. I can't remember off the top of my head. There's, there's some, um, I believe it's in the version attribute on the controller. That gotcha. says released version. Gotcha. And so you would just change that to 4.0 instead of 0.0. .0. Got it, whatever the latest version yeah. is at that particular time. Okay, got it. Um, interesting. So, in recap, because I think I think we've covered the majority of my code. Was there anything else that you wanted to show us here? Because I wanted to know how we deprecate. We kind of talk. We deprecate basically on telemetry. Um, we don't have to communicate it. We just basically look until no one's using it and we drop it. We now have been able to look at the options and determine what preview version we're in, what release version we're in, min and max. You got to show us the negotiation here, and it's interesting because when. And this is a class that parses that string and turns it into the resource version, right? So okay, um, it basically, you know, looks at the string, um, looks for the dash, and says, okay, is this a preview? Yes, it is. Then it looks for the dot and it pulls the resource version out of that. So it's just a, a standard format that sure. we use. Yeah, yeah, because I've noticed that too. I just never knew what what the preview version was going to be because I didn't know that it was part of the release, which is which is good to know. Um, so I can build those in the future if I want to from the resource that I get back. And no, I think I think this is what I was really curious about. And what how do we decide when it's time to tease apart another another portion of the monolith? And how do you know who goes next? Like will it be build well, or workout <laughs> tracking or something that, like that? That's a good question. I mean it's really kind of um, you know what work do people have to do and how important it is, right? So um, the, we've been talking about, you know, splitting up. So the main monolith has four services in it. It has, it has uh, version control, um, work item tracking, build, build and uh, test, test case management. Yeah, that's right, that's right, okay. And so we've been talking about ripping one of those out for years. But, you know, there's always something ahead of it, right? There's yeah. always some bigger feature that, you know, it's one of those, Nate broke, don't fix it kind sure. of things. But um, 
you know, as you said, we really want to do it. And, and, and so one of the teams I believe is going to come out not too long from now, um, fairly soon. But, um, you know, we're probably not going to do anything like that until after the build conference. Sure, we have a bunch end. of new features For coming sure. out there. For sure. Which uh, people yeah. will be excited about it. Uh, understood, understood. I, I think, like, the main reason to, to break it out is just flexibility, right? Because mm -hmm. if we need more build resources, unfortunately, we now have to spin up more work item, more test, and, right. more, and we don't even need it, right? That's not really what we need. We need more build. And being able to break it out into a microservice allows us to scale up the build part without paying the penalty of scaling up work item tracking test and version That's control. exactly right. That's, uh, that's what we want to be able to do is to scale them separately. Now, of course, as you mentioned, when we built these in the first place, it was all yep. one thing. Yep. And so, you know, there's... Um, work items in builds and there's build references in work items and there's work items in in, in uh, pull requests and yeah. etc so all that stuff is fairly tightly coupled. fairly tightly coupled mm -hmm. on the server side and so basically what they would have to do is change from calling server to server methods to going through the rest apis as well sure you know and so all that stuff exists it's just work right? gotcha gotcha and r before we had and this might be going, a little, if, you're, if you're uncomfortable answering this, this is fine, but now that we have Windows containers, is that something that the VSTS team and the web services team, I mean, I'm thinking microservices and containers almost go hand in hand. Yes, so we, we've been working with them uh, very closely, okay. and um, I'm not sure if we have anything officially out on that, but we definitely have been working on, on getting things out. We, we've uh, done at least one of the smaller side services, you know, um, played with it and gotten it working, but we haven't really gotten to the place where we can uh, use everything yet. That we, we run into a problem, you know, maybe the Windows containers doesn't support all the APIs that we're using yet, gotcha. and so we work with the Windows team, then it comes in, and then we try that out, again. and then we run into the next thing. <laughs> and so we've been through that that cycle a few times now. It's getting close. Good, good. So, um, yeah, and we definitely want to do that too because, um, uh, what we call COGS, it, which, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, cost of good yeah, sold. So yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> which is kind of a weird name for it, but um, <laughs> we, uh, it costs us money to run the service, and, sure. and so containers would definitely save us a lot of money, especially for some of the smaller services, we could, we could definitely save a lot of money uh, running them in containers. Awesome, and also, um, when I think about microservices as well, would you say that what we're doing is like a pure microservices architecture because it's supposed to have its own separate data store and like completely, is it is it that far or is it we have web APIs that we've ton it, but they all hit the same like SQL database at the end of the day, right? Which would really wouldn't, no. I don't believe would be what argued as pure microservices. Yeah, no, each of our, each of our independent services has their own data. data so like layer. release management yeah. and, oh, okay, got it. So those that have already been teased apart are pure yeah. microservices, own data store, own, oh, okay, got it. I wasn't, I wasn't aware now, of that. Now, the interesting thing is, of course, we have to put it all back together for on-prem, right? So Oh, that's a good point. And so um, we have it set up in such a way that each service has a, you know, a connection string to their database. And on-prem, it's just the same string. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but it could, still could be separate databases in the same SQL Server, technically, right? It could be, yeah. Yeah, but you just, just it, chose it, not to do it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. It's, well, so we also have to support the previous customers. They upgrade. If oh, we start splitting up their databases, that, that just makes the upgrade harder. Gotcha. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Understood. And from what I understood, like 90% of the code is the same. 
Yeah. Okay, that's an amazing code reuse from an on-prem product to a 24 by 7 microservice. Product yeah. It's amazing. All right, so that's one of the problems that makes it hard to spit up the monolith. No, understood, understood. <laughs> I can imagine that as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have to have you back, right? Because we talked about the versioning, we talked about the negotiation, but we haven't talked about how we deploy it. And I think one of the powerful things about the way that we have the negotiation is I can now deploy in any order that I want. Yes. Right? Even if I depend on you, I can go first. And the negotiation is going to be like, I'm asking for five, but you're giving me back four. And as soon as you're five, you're going to start giving me back five, right? That's Which is right. And that's really good because the way I thought the negotiation worked wasn't quite the way that it worked. I thought I would ask first, like, tell me what all your versions are. And then I'd be pissed. Like, man, you're not at five yet. Damn it. Okay, fine. I'm going to call you with a four. But I don't do that. I call you with my desire. And then you give me back the best that you can. Yeah. Gotcha. And, gotcha. and we keep the contracts, the, the data yep. types. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, um, compatible. Compatible. Yeah. I don't know how I can forget compatible. <laughs> <laughs> compatible is the word, but yeah, right. we keep them compatible so that um, so that nothing will break, you know, as far as that goes. Yeah, because I noticed that when I think it was release management was where I wasn't getting back some little bit of data, like in one version. Like it was like I wasn't getting back the notification or something, right? And if you just change the version the code would get this like, oh, now I know like it's pending or whatever. Like it was like, I think it was it might even a new state or something. Like there's like a new state was introduced and I would never get that state if I called the old API. But when I called the new API on the exact same guy, I all of a sudden I would get more information. And so it's kind of neat how, again, they are compatible. I didn't break. I just got more data if I That's used right. the right API. Well, TQ was awesome to talk to you. Again, I would love to have you back because I know the questions that we're going to get is, well, I want to know how you deploy them too, because I talked to Manila about our deployment and our ring deployment, and I know that we do multiple deployments a day, and I'm kind of curious of how this stuff plays in there. So I'd love to have you back if you could sure. get that. Awesome. So Anytime. thanks, everyone, for, for watching. I hope that was uh, informative, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Perfect.